I'm Rick. I'm Ramey. And this is John. And this is Say the X, where two anime virgins, I'm one of them, and one supervan watch Hunter x Hunter episode by episode. This podcast may contain adult language and spoilers. To avoid the spoilers, watch along with us. Episode 10, The Trick to the Trick. Leorio volunteers for the fourth round. However, Larut, sentenced to 112 years for illegal gambling and trafficking in endangered animals. <laughs> those are so, so rare, those endangered animals. <laughs> she took all the animals and she gambled with her. <laughs> Uh, says Majitani is unconscious and did not surrender and is still alive. Karupika refuses to kill Majitani. Leorio wants to force Karupika to kill him. Leorio tries to use majority rule, but the voting watches do not work. Leorio calls for a show of hands, but is soundly outvoted. Leorio, defeated, sulks in a corner. Tampa is ecstatic to see the team fracture like this. All he had to do was let Leorio's temper run its course. Then we cut to Hisoka. He enters a dark room. A lone figure sits on the floor. It is Togari, who is not named in the anime. I had to look it up on on the Hunter x Hunter wiki. Uh, It's Togari, the uh, examiner Hisoka maimed in the last Hunter's exam. Come for his revenge. Togari shows off his new fighting skill, four thrown blades to attack Hisoka from all sides. Hisoka gracefully dodges some of the blades' attacks, but is lightly injured. He catches the blades easily. Togashi is shocked, and then he is beheaded. Hisoka is the first to complete Trick Tower. Several hours have passed, and Majitani has not awoken. Gon points out that they only have the prisoner's word that Majitani is unconscious. Leorio demands a chance to examine the body. Larut offers a wager over Majitani's state. They will bet time instead of chips, each side starting with 50 units. Leorio will bet hours of the exam. Larut will bet years of their sentence. They will take turns deciding what to bet on. Leorio bets 10 hours that Majitani is alive. If Majitani is dead... They will have one around, and if he is alive, they will have an advantage in time. Leorio checks Majitani's pulse and eyes and determines that he is alive. Leorio sets the next bet over whether Majitani is unconscious or not. He will test this by threatening to throw Majitani over the edge of the arena. If Majitani doesn't make a noise while he falls, he will be ruled unconscious. Leorot initially bets 20 hours Majitani is unconscious. She changes her wager to 40 hours that he is not when Leorio unveils his plan to determine the truth. Majitani springs back to life just as Leorio lets him go. The group is now ahead of the prisoners two to one as the contest continues. So, back to my question. Is this a hunter jail? Otherwise, what is Togari doing there at all? He was there with Lipo. Yeah, he's uh, earlier. He, yeah, there's there's two what I assume are other hunters with Lipo mm. when he first shows up in episode I guess eight. seven or eight. And they're just in the background as kind of lackeys to him is the way they're presented. 
but they are not they are not in the prisoner uniform. No, no, they they're not, not bound. They're not up. in the robes or in the bounding. Yeah, they're they're just there. Hmm. So yeah. And hey, we we answered one of the big questions we've had. <laughs> which Actually is, a couple of them. Which is what uh, happened to the guy that uh that Hisoka tried to kill? Yep. Well and, apparently and, he succeeded a year later. Yeah, well, I mean, he couldn't kill an examiner, but the guy, as the guy said, I'm not an examiner this year. He does a really cool trick by lighting all those candles, though. Yeah, that is cool, the green candles. that sort of, It's sort of an eerie light, too, that yeah. they carry throughout the scene. This was an interesting one to have cutting from our our four protagonists, even though I don't know that they all qualify as that quite yet, but... It was interesting to cut from them to Hisoka and kind of give us an idea of what what he's up to. It's neat that we got to meet the the examiner that he almost killed. I I do kind of wish that that they hadn't confronted each other so early on. Like I I I wasn't let down by the fight necessarily. I thought the fight was really cool, but I do I don't know. I like a mystery. I like things to be kind of drawn out a little bit. I guess. I, I feel like we needed to see how tough Hisoka was, really. Well, I, I agree with that, but he's so tough that it makes me question how tough some of the other examiners really are in that. But as you said, or as Satat said uh, in episode seven, that's what hunters want. They want to they wanna fight not fight, but they want to have competitors who can compete on their level. And Hisoka's at a very high level. I mean, he's already hunter material. We we knew that, but we had to establish the level of his threat. This I certainly think. confirms it, I guess. Yeah, but like, like now we don't just know he can maim an examiner. He could have killed that guy. And I think another thing is, is... Hisoka kind of wanted him to improve his skills, right? Do you think so? Do you think he really cared whether he did or not? Oh, yeah. Like, I think, well, I mean, he he makes that comment about, like, I appreciate your feeble attempt at getting better. Like, he, but I don't really know, like, maybe he wanted him to improve his skills so that they would have another confrontation. But I think based on how, easily he dispatches him that maybe Hisoka just didn't really care. And like he showed up and he's like, Oh, you're here. Okay. Oh, this was a nice try, but now I'm going to cut you up. (laughs) Um, I don't really know that he was like looking forward to running into this guy again because he probably didn't consider him interesting. Yeah. I I mean, but he kind of has that, has that smile, you know, and it's a similar smile to the one he looks at Gon and Liario with. Yeah. You know, that sort of, that sort of horny clown smile. <laughs> and I think I think he really did appreciate Togari trying to improve so that he could fight him. I, I, I don't believe that that was empty. I think he but I think he was also like, sorry, you, you didn't do it. It makes me wonder about whether or not Hisoka. Well, I guess it doesn't make me wonder about him. It makes me wonder whether or not Satats or. Uh, Minchi or Buhara Buhara yeah it makes me wonder if any of them would stand a chance with him 
Um, like, I, I still think the the chairman, he could probably handle, or at least not necessarily handle him, but at least kind of hold his own uh, with him. But I question the other ones at this I mean, point. So Tuts did grab the, the cards no problem. He did. Yeah, but then Hisoka's like any hunter worth the name could catch that. Yeah, so I don't feel like that was like a... He wasn't trying to kill him. He was trying to determine which one was real and which one wasn't. Right. And so he did something just hard enough or just, you know, skillful enough that that only a hunter would be able to do that. This is the first time we've seen Hisoka get wounded in a fight. Yeah, and that was yeah. thrilling. Yeah. Because I, you know, and you're not intended to, but like, I don't like that guy. <laughs> uh, so I was like, yes. Knew it wasn't going to hold you know but uh but still it was yeah, nice it was... to see that he did have weaknesses absolutely and i think the other thing that that did and man him dodging those those blades was beautiful like they really got his grace in those scenes i think it also showed that hisoka needed a moment to understand and come up with a counter for togari's attacks and I think that shows a tactical mind as well as just flat out strength. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, like if you were to take like all the best and worst qualities of our four protagonists, Hisoka kind of matches all of them. You know, he's just as smart as any of those four. Or he's just as like clever and tactical as any of those four. He's probably just as knowledgeable, physically skilled you know, magical or, you know, supernaturally talented. Yeah, and he gets down in what, like six hours? Yeah, like seven hours. Yeah, it's a ridiculous that. amount of time. Considering how much time they're given, like he gets down really quickly. Well, and considering that at least by the timeline of our protagonists, they've been in there for 12 hours already. Yeah, that was an interesting kind of sidestepping of the time stuff. Yeah. Um. And then, of course, we don't know, we don't know, we probably won't know, and it's not necessarily important to know exactly what the previous, like, trials he had to do to get down the tower, but I, I obviously don't think he had to do anything where he had to work as a teammate. Nope. Um, which, which I think is really interesting, because getting through the swamp, everybody was had to get through the swamp. Keeping up with Satots in the tunnel, everyone just had to run. I mean, it was very. It was a even uh, test, right? Um, you know, cooking the pig, which became gathering the eggs. Um, it was an even playing field in terms of you know everyone has to do the same task. Um, but the tower is obviously not that. Yeah, that everyone sort of has different tasks, and I think we can see that that Lipo is watching different people do different things. Yes. Yeah, and, and I was going to say, I mean, not only was the tower not not equal, but it was very clearly rigged, at least in this case, because, I mean, it, it wasn't random that Togari just shows up. I mean, this was this was planned. Yeah, yeah, for sure, which... which... Really? I, I feel like Togari showed up and was like, hey, I'm going to take on Hisoka... And Lepo was like, well, I can't stop you, so go ahead. I don't, again, I, that makes me question, like, could, could 
Lipos have stopped him. Like, I don't know that he's a, uh, like a physical fighting type hunter, but, um, surely he's the one in charge of this thing. And he could have been like, well, no, I'm going to call the chairman and tell him you're doing this stupid thing. So it, it could be either way. You know, it could be Lipo would be like, I can't stop you or yeah, go ahead, I guess. Or it could be, uh, that from the get go, the as an organization, they were like, "Hey, go and challenge." Like maybe they wanted it to happen. Maybe this is how they get rid of hunters who aren't really up to snuff anymore. Uh, maybe know. I feel I feel <laughs> you know, all like, the other hunters treat it like an anomaly. Treat what like, like an anomaly? Like the Togari thing. Well, and and Hisoka's treatment of Togari earlier. Oh yeah, they 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 act like it's a big deal that um that he had attacked an examiner. I think which, that which, points to him being kind of in a class of his own, which makes yeah, his, yeah, but, which makes but, his but, smugness all the more irritating. I think he's cool. I'm sorry. I like a character who plays by his own rules. You're a loose cannon. <sighs> yeah, loose cannon, a rogue. I mean, you might not you might not like. What he does, like what he does, is ugly. But he's cool as hell, dude. No, no. no I mean, visually, he's very interesting. Um, as a character, he was very interesting. I no. think. Uh, <laughs> I, I think. I think that's the thing. It's like um, you're you're real good at appreciating a quality character in a narrative. Yeah. Um. Well, I, yeah. And and again, like that's and. I I would not disagree with you. I mean, he is a great bad guy, and he works great in in this cast of characters as that. Um, so yeah, I mean, he's a cool bad guy. It's it's very. I I don't. I have a hard time. I don't fall in love with the villains. Okay. There's there's I, a thing you know like and that culturally like that's kind of a thing and in in some ways it's kind of like a. I don't want to say it's like it's a cool thing to do. Because it's it's not it's a pretty prevalent thing to do. I mean, villains are marketed on the level that heroes are at this point. In, in a lot oh, of yeah. respects, oh yeah, yeah. Like I mean, people like antiheroes and people like villains, and you know, villains are very popular in, in like popular culture. But me personally, I like I'm, I'm not gonna buy a shirt that has Darth Vader on it. That's I would just, buy Darth I, Vader I, just because he gets redeemed at the end. But I wouldn't buy like a Thanos T-shirt. Yeah, but some people would. Yeah, no, I understand. And, 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 I really think this is a case of my opinion being colored by what I know about the rest of the show. That's possibly true, Maybe. but I mean, there are people. Yeah, but there are people who who would buy a Thanos T-shirt and not necessarily. You know, it's not like it's an endorsement of his wackadoo philosophy. You know, um, right. it's just you know he's a cool looking dude. Uh, he's a big, tough looking dude who punches the Hulk a bunch. You know, and it's a pop pop cultural kind of thing. Like I also like wouldn't buy a, a shirt with a stormtrooper on it. Um, well, that's, and I, and that's I, a whole different, that's, there's a whole stupid, not stupid. There is a whole argument there. So why don't, why don't we pull no. away from Star well, Wars? Absolutely. Well, absolutely. Well, sure. Sorry. Um, well, I went to Marvel. I guess I can get out of Disney. I didnn't want to go back to Batman. Well, um, so yeah. his Soka's not an anti-hero. He's, he's not he's even a, bad a villain. Guy. He's oh, just I think disgusting. He is a villain. Well, yeah, but lots of villains are disgusting. He's an antagonist. 
I mean, he, he may not be the central villain, but he's definitely a force that that our that that our protagonists have to worry about. Yeah. I think anyone that gets that kind of a, as you phrased it, um, a horny clown smile. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, if if that if you can pull that face, <laughs> you're a bad guy. <laughs> you, you're you're a horrible person if you if you pull that face. That that there's just nothing likable. So, but but that's the thing. But that's the thing. Like your aversion to him, Rick, and kind of your aversion to Tampa, and and your early aversion to Leorio is a very emotional, kind of personal, from experience, kind of driven. Like this is not right kind of thing yeah you know and i'm i'm trying to like split the the difference here is like you know Raimi appreciates him and thinks he's cool because his function in the story is very cool and he's very intimidating and he's he's a great contrast to to our mains yeah i mean maybe Raimi knows something i mean clearly Raimi knows something that we don't know uh because he's he's familiar with the canon Maybe there is like a Snape redemption to this character that will make <laughs> me actually like him. Um, but, you know, I, I don't see that happening. And, and as it stands, he, you know, he's just he's just overpowered and disgusting. Yeah, well, I, I, I don't think there's a uh, I don't I don't believe there's going to be any kind of a redemption. But but for me, it's um, I love to hate him. Yeah, I'm excited to see what happens between him and the protagonist like he is a villain worthy of the four of them right yeah yeah i can't wait till he gets his that that's a great kind of bad guy to have in your story and for me personally like i like a bad guy who is either i hate him but i i love hating him and i can't wait to see him fail yeah see that's tough which means which means which means i can enjoy the journey of his successes i'm aware enough of of the fact I'm being told a story that that's all set up in payoff and that's all tension and release. And I'm, you know, he, he kills Tagari and, you know, even though it's in silhouette and we don't see the graphicness of him cutting Tagari's head off, it's a graphic moment. Uh, even yeah. amongst all the other stuff we've seen in this show, um, it's a very visceral kind of a moment. And, and he's so smug and he's so, it's not just that he's smug. He's not just proud of himself. He's not just, overconfident because he's not overconfident. I feel like he's got the right level of confidence for the, for his demonstrated abilities, but he's such a freaking weirdo sicko. And he takes such sadistic enjoyment in being himself, just being himself. uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, so I I think it's not that I want to see his fail because clearly I mean, no, I actually do want to see him fail, but like, I don't want him to succeed as much as he succeeds because it kind of, it just feeds his freaking ego and he is just such a hateable character. And I really don't see, like, I don't enjoy, I, I just don't enjoy just how smug and, and sure of himself he is. And, and the fact that, that they keep building him up bothers me a little bit. I don't know what he is. I mean, I guess he's a villain um, or whatever. Uh, now with Tompa, Tompa's just a heel, and I am really, really, really looking forward to what the the gang of four is going to do to Tompa eventually. Uh, and and I'm hoping you know that there's a payoff in the next episode because it wasn't in this episode. I I want to see them kill Tompa. 
clearly in this episode, uh, you know, we we know that the that there are no rules in the hunter exam. I mean, you you can get away with murder, uh, which is essentially what because uh, last episode it was all death matches, at least two of them, right? And then uh, we see in this episode Hisoka just kill this dude outright. He's being monitored. And, you know, nobody says, you know, there wasn't anybody waiting at the bottom of the tower saying, you know, congratulations, you know, you completed the this phase of the exam in seven hours and now you get to spend the rest of your life here for killing another hunter. I don't know, like, there's just something about him, like, that just continues to rub me the wrong way. It's his smugness, it's his ego, it's his... The, the fact that he seems to have, like, these supernatural abilities that come from absolutely nowhere... Um, and he's not using them for any sort of good. He's just, he's disgusting. I will say something important to point out about Tagari is that he attacks Hisoka. It's not like Hisoka sees him and lays into him. I think, you know, I'm, I'm more used to, you know, I'm more used to like the, the hero villain roles where it's a very clear, I, I brought up Snape earlier because I'm, you know, He's treated as a villain throughout most of the movies, and then we find out later in the series that, you know, he's not so much a villain as he is an anti-hero, and Voldemort is an actual villain, you know, and, and there's a fight between the main characters, the the protagonists, the heroes of the story, and the villain, right? There is a, an active conflict there. Hisoka has no active conflict with with any of the characters. He's just disgusting for the sake of being a disgusting character. You know, he, he doesn't seem to have a plot. Well, he does have a plot. It's the same plot as our as our main characters. He wants to get through the hunter exam. That's his whole that that's all the characters' reasons for being here and moving forward. And I would argue just because Hisoka isn't in direct conflict with them now, it's certainly setting him up to be in to be a dangerous obstacle in the future. Sure. I mean, I, I can totally I can totally see that. I just to like him as a villain with what we've seen from him so far. I, I don't think that he's been set up as a villain. I, I think he's just been set up as a disgusting character. OK, that's but, I, I think that's fair. I don't agree with it, but I think it's a fair assessment. But but on, on the terms on, on, on the terms of, of how you view Hisoka, how do you view Kalua? Killua is really interesting because he's dangerous because he's befriended Gon. And so that makes him even more dangerous because, you know, we we've seen what he can do. Uh, you know, the assumption. Wait, have we? Yeah. He killed those two dudes in the hallway, didn't he? Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I so mean, we've seen what he can do. He's a murderer. He is he's a murderer. A, he's an assassin. He talks very openly about it. He's a cold blooded killer. Um, you know, whether he was provoked or not, the fact is that he was very quickly able to take two dudes out. Uh, and seemed and, completely unbothered by it. Yeah. And so, like, he's a lot more sinister, in my mind, even than Hisoka, because he is so close to Gon, Leorio, and Kurapika. And, and oh, so that's really cool, yeah. If there are, if there are heroes, and he's gotten that close to them, but he's also that cold and yeah they don't I, know I think we, we don't know anything about him other than yeah but, but they don't know that he did that 
But I mean, yeah, even we, Gon doesn't go, know that. Go, yeah, Gon, Gon doesn't knows, know that he did. Yeah, yeah Gon yeah. knows that his parents were assassins, and he comes from a family of assassins, but he's never seen him kill anyone. The thing is, is I don't know that Gon would go, whoa, that's too far, especially based on some of the discussions that happen in this episode where they want uh, Karapika to go and... They they seem to want him to go ahead and just just walk out there and step on his head until he's dead. Like they're real clear about go ahead and do this murder real fast for us so we can get yeah. through this. Like and everyone seems okay with that to an extent. Gone doesn't like openly say yes, do that, but he at least participates in the discussion. Let's talk about what Kiloa specifically does in that discussion, uh, because I think that that sort of reinforces what Rick was saying is he walks up to Karapika, who has refused to kill Majitani, just flat out is like, I don't care, I'm not going to kill him. And Kilo is just like, I'll kill him. You know, you've never yeah. killed before, have you? Are you, yeah. are you scared? And, and it's just like, oh my God. <laughs> this kid really doesn't care about this at all. No, he's a... I, I, I think the term is still sociopath. Not only does he not have a problem with killing somebody else. Um, but we've already seen him do it and he's showed like exactly no remorse or, or even any amount of emotion about right. that incident. Like it's not even worth mentioning to Gone. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. Like he didn't even go to his best friend. Hey, you know, or not his best friend, but his closest friend so far that, that we've seen in, in any of these episodes. He doesn't even go to him and say, hey, you know, so something happened. Uh, help me hide the bodies. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't even think, uh, as far as I'm concerned, I don't even think he considers them friends. You know, he tells Gone about his parents and it feels almost like a, a moment of of real friendship. But yeah, um, he is the le- the least like not the least likable he's the less likable character in terms of for me really um between him and Hasoka it's because of the skateboard and the Bart Simpson hair though right it is it does it push, pushes all my buttons but um <laughs> well and i want to say he's like the basic form of don't have a cow man yeah is he never has a cow about no absolutely anything I think as a character, he's more compelling, even as an anti-hero or, or a villain, because it hasn't really been revealed whether he's he's with the protagonists in the story, um, but is he an anti-hero or a villain? We still don't know that yet, but he is definitely, he's lying in wait to do something. And I think that the, the way that they built him up has put him, at least in my mind, in, in, in a better position as as a character. Whereas Hisoka's kind of out there doing his own thing and just being smug about it, Kilo is actually right next to the main characters and, you know, doing things yeah. with them and inculcating himself with them and, and even ingratiating himself with Gon. Uh, and, and that makes him a lot more dangerous. And, and I, like, I think I fear for their safety from him more even than I fear for their safety from uh, Karapika, even after we saw what he did, you know, when his eyes turned red. I totally agree, Rick. But I think for me, like, uh, Hisoka is just a nutbag. And we know he's crazy. <laughs> and we know he's uh, a super creep. And everybody knows it. He shows up 
to the the first meetup with a shirt on that says I'm super creepy guy. Everybody knows he wears it on his sleeve. Right. Uh, Kilua is the snake in the grass. Yeah, and to me that makes him a that makes him a much more interesting character to watch. Well, I I, I agree that I, I I agree with you that he's much more interesting, but it doesn't make me like him. And it doesn't make me more or less creeped out by him. I find him creepier. I find children that kill creepier than adults that kill, I guess, (laughs) is really, that's that's probably the easiest kind of line in the sand for me, (laughs) is, uh, you know, at least uh, an adult that murders someone has had a whole lifetime to become just severely fucked up and damaged. Right. Well, I mean, if he So tell us how you felt about Children of the Corn. I like the first flick. <laughs> I really like the first flick. They got a lot of good names in that. Uh, a lot of good creepy names that you can yell in the dark. Um, a, lot of, a lot of Ismails and Isaiahs and stuff. And... <laughs> I feel like that whole conversation that comes out of Karapika's refusal is really a test of all those characters. They all fail the test, I guess, the test of not being a murderer or or not killing a defenseless person test. Only one of them would have walked out there and done it, I felt like. Like, Leorio wanted Kurapika to do it because he wants to move on, but I don't think he would have done it even if it was allowed. Well, and that's sort of his fatal mistake, right? Is that he thinks there's a way to compel Kurapika to kill Majitani when... There's no way to do it. Like, you can't force someone to act. I don't think Gon would have done it. No, absolutely not. No, Gon wouldn't have done it. I, again, I don't want to say absolutely not, because I, I... We haven't seen Gon have any inclination towards murdering someone. We haven't, but we have seen him be real damn determined to win a contest. That's different. That's a different... I, it, that's, it like is, saying, right, that's like is, saying no, no, LeBron but, but, James no, but is it just is, waiting it is, to kill it is someone. Different, it is different, but that's the trick of this whole sequence with the inmates. His contest was one that from the beginning, it was laid out that this is not going to be a violent physical interaction between us. So we're robbed of the absolute certainty that he wouldn't be. And you know, and I feel like that was a, a a choice that they made us in storytelling to not let us even get to a point where we could go. Well, is Gon gonna really fight someone to the death? Is he really gonna beat someone until they beg for mercy? Um, we're not even allowed the opportunity to, to ask that question, right? Which I think is smart. It allows our heroes oh, to remain heroes. Well, okay. Well, I mean, yes, I guess Gon in some ways it. that's true, but it also allows us to fill in the blank of would he have done it or not the only heroes that are still heroes after um last episode and going into this episode in my mind are, are gone and Kurapika. Uh, leorio has gone back to the other side for me because he's literally sitting there just go ahead and kill him just go ahead and kill him just go ahead and kill him damn it this exam is too important to me you need to go ahead and kill him so that i can move forward it, it's a very selfish thing that he does he does do that, and he gets all selfish, and then we have that inner monologue of Tampa going, this is exactly what I expected, and this guy has fallen right into the trap. But 
But he calls himself. He he quits sulking in the corner, and he stands up and he he listens to what the others are saying and he figures it out and he goes out there and kind of you know in a roundabout way kind of saves the day on this one. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, he wins Karapika's match without yeah. having to kill anybody. Without but having he to was kill all him. for he was all for killing him when he thought that was the only option. That kind of rubbed me the wrong way, you know. It, oh, it, it's supposed. No, I agree, it, and it should have. I mean, he. It's a shitty thing for him to have said. He wasn't gonna. He would have never been able to go out and do that either. It yeah. was completely selfish. Um, but I think he realized that. In his actions, afterward, kind of repents and maybe we'll get lucky and and in the next episode or the episode after that maybe he'll even apologize that's the thing that we've seen with those two characters is they both make mistakes Mm -hmm. and a lot of times they make mistakes towards one another or in their interactions with one another and then they end up like owning up to it later so let's talk about leorio winning well yeah so leorio wins for uh karepika I loved the way he did it, but there's still a doubt in my mind whether he would have actually, like, how long do you think he considered actually just letting him fall, like, for real? I don't think he considered it at all. He knew that Majitani was awake. He does leave him hanging there to do a little cartoon arm waggle and stuff. And that's a lot of fun. That's a fun, goofy little sequence. Well, and, and Majitani's like dialogue through that entire scene, because you know we we he's very animated in his inner monologue, mm-hmm. um, and and I love the way that he's superimposed on himself and completely freaking out as this conversation's going on, and he's realizing that uh, his fellow prisoners are more than willing to let him die, and apparently so are the hunters. I think Leoria's counting on him to. Not want to be dropped into a pit, which is a pretty good bet. I mean, there was a bit of comic relief in that in that whole segment. I thought it was I thought it was very well done. Um, but there was there was that moment where you know after Leorio lets go of him, where like I'm I'm rooting for Leorio not to grab him. You know, like I I want him to just okay. You know, you wanted this guy dead. Uh, here's your chance to just let him die. You've already won because, you know, you proved that he was conscious. Uh, now, you know, go ahead and follow through on what you were trying to tell, uh, you know, Karapika to do. Just That would be a loss. He needed to get Majitani to admit defeat. But if he died because he was unconscious, then Leorio would have killed him and the point would have gone to the inmates. To the, right. Would it have gone to the inmates? It was a fight to yes. the death. Yeah, but it, but but it has to be Karapika that kills him, which is why yeah, it has to be in that fight. He can't be somebody else. And I think actually when they're going, this is something that confused me a lot. Was during the wagers, Leorio actually kind of responds to that and like, okay, like we're gonna bet the time, but if I do drop him and he is, <laughs> he just dies, then you take the win over the Karapik around. Like, I feel like that's pretty much established and then reestablished during their wagering. Um, I don't understand how the good guys ended up with so much less time. Because the bad guys, because LaRue changed her bet, which I thought was kind of crappy. 
Yeah, like, that was. She'd I, already I agree. Agreed. That's all. That has always been something that bugs me. It's like, no, you made your bet. Yeah, you don't that, get to that change is it. Yeah, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, I mean, it makes sense, but it doesn't make sense that it goes uncommented. Yeah, and it doesn't make dramatic sense. Clearly, they're setting Leorio up for some bad times, right? Yeah, like I'm assuming they must, and I... Uh, he's the goat, right? And, I, and not greatest yeah. of all time. He's the guy who gets the crap. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's he's the, the comic relief. Um, yeah. To a big extent here. I, I, it made me worried. Like I, I, I find that I like him more and more as the, the series goes on, <laughs> but I know he's the comic relief. Knowing that stature makes me feel bad for him. Even knowing that he's the comic relief. I have a hard time seeing him as comic relief. If his music's not playing. <laughs> um, th- there is like a very fine line for me with him when his music's not playing where I look at him a little differently because right when, when the horns are going and it's the TikTok and and they're really, really working on the fact that he's so tightly wound, everything he does seems over the top. But then when he does things that are still over the top and that music's not playing, I pay attention to him a little differently. And like there was, there were some really, really dark moments in, uh, in Leorio's head during this episode where, you know, he was freaking out and he was going over the top and he was having one of those moments where the, the theme song should have been playing and it wasn't. And I, I got a completely different feel from those moments uh, than I have in the past where he's had them and the, and his TikTok music is playing. Now that's a great uh, point, Rick. And um, I don't think I ever put it together necessarily based on that, He's framed as a clown in some instances, but this episode wasn't one of those. Like in this episode, his stakes and and his decisions and his triumph and his failure are framed just as dramatically and and seriously as the stuff with the Karapika fight or the stuff with uh, Gone in the Candle. Um, yeah, and I would like to say this is Leorio's episode. Yeah, and it, but that it makes me sad. Um, the fact that he has been established as the the comic relief and kind of the clown makes me sad. In the same way that like, I don't like the idea of. of well, that's not true. In I like general, the idea that general, he's rounder than be, just being the Joker. Absolutely, but you know, I don't just, like just uh, being the jester. I, yes, he's not. He's not just a clown. Um, but I don't like seeing people get kicked when they're down. I mean, that's not true. There are some people I really like seeing get kicked when they're down. But in general, like in terms of like a storytelling thing, I don't like that. And even in like comedies, um, I have a real hard time with like comedies of like the, the 90s, early 2000s era when everything, a lot of comedies were about like characters who were just perpetually getting embarrassed yeah, and kind of perpetually getting kind of shat upon. I can't really watch a comedy like that because I I have like secondhand um, embarrassment and anxiety, and so when he like struts out there and starts making those wages, and the inmate hasn't disrobed yet, so yeah. there's like a mystery there, and she's kind of laughing, and she just seems smart. Um, the whole time I was like, oh no. 
But he got to win. He did. Right? He did. But he still ended up with less time. So I, know, I still feel but, like we're setting him up for a couple good shots in the next episode. You know, like he's gonna get he's gonna get his ass handed to him in in one way or another. Yeah, but I I guess because he gets a win, it's okay to see him fail. It's not like a Ricky Gervais show where no one ever wins and everything sucks and everyone's stupid all the time. And what we're yeah. supposed to laugh at is them failing to be functional humans. I just, I can't feel that about Leorio. He got a win. He's going to get it, knocked down. We know he's going to get knocked down because that's how, you know, the, tr- the, the, the setup of these of this contest is they've got to have the, they've got to have Kilua go up. Yeah. That's do they the though? trick right there. No, yeah. I think that, I yeah, think that's everyone has story to do goes. it once. Yeah. Yeah. I do feel like that's, that's the projection we're going. And again, it may mean that Leorio ultimately loses his round, but he won Karapika's round. See, and, and that, I, I think that's some bullshit right there. Cause Karapika won his round because, the dude gave up when he was holding him by the face. He doesn't say it. He doesn't, he doesn't say get it out the loud. Out. He doesn't. He doesn't get it out, and he doesn't get it out. And Karapika knocks him out. And Karapika apologizes about kind of losing control, but really he's apologizing because maybe he realizes it as he walks back across that little bridge, like, oh, I, I may have just lost this for us. Because if that dude ain't dead, I'm not going to go over there and kill an unconscious guy. Karapika doesn't try to find another way around that problem. He doesn't. He, he just sits there with his hands on his knees and says, I'm not doing it, which is, which is hate, which is the right thing to do. It's yeah, the absolute but, wrong thing to do when you agree to a fight to the death. He's not going to fight someone who can't fight back. He's not going to kill him if he can't fight back. And he made the mistake... Of not being in control of the situation. We could see by how powerful he was when he was out of control that he could have handled that situation easily. Yep, he could have. And he should so have. And he but should he have. But he didn't. But he and and didn't. the thing is, the, so the thing is this, the, the title of this show is Hunter Hunter, right? Um, now, I've never gone hunting. It's it's just not something that has ever presented itself. Uh, and actually, when it did present itself, I really got turned off by the thought of it. Uh, but one of the things that I've always heard is that if you wound an animal, you put it down because that's the humane thing to do. Karapika goes out there, agrees to a death match. A person's not an animal. Wounds this thing... Uh, I'm sorry, but a person, a, a person Majitani can, was hardly was hardly human. A person can communicate that they give up. A, a person is a corporation, not an animal. A person is a corporation. <laughs> I think you got that exactly backwards, but <laughs> <laughs> Citizens United. <laughs> but the, I think the thing that really bothered me is that he did go into a death match and he did not finish the death match. You know, and he admits that he's not. being unreasonable. Yeah, and maybe he, he's just not cut out to be a hunter. Maybe. I mean, he's... Yeah, we don't know that yet. Yeah, I mean, yeah. maybe not. Um, But I, I do, you know, with Raimi, I, I do agree, like, with 
the Oreos win, I still get that that tingle up my spine of like, uh, this is not going to work out for him. Uh, I'm uncomfortable. But he does win. And that is, that is, you know, and, and I, I absolutely true. When this, when the dust blows over on this, I expect all four of our friends to make it out of the tower because it is a television show, but you know, he may lose his match, but he is the one that wins Karapika's match. Um, yeah. And in a lot of ways, that's that's a nice win. Because Karapika has been, been shown as sort of hyper-competent. Like, we haven't seen a lot of mistakes on his part. Like, he gets, yeah. the, he gets the closest to, to, you know, at least being considered to pass Menchie's test. We know he's really smart. We know he's super capable. And incredibly thoughtful. And that works against him. In this case, and goofy, nearly thoughtless Leorio has to save the day. And I think that's just such a nice moment. It's a great redemption from him being such a dick about it. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's it's a good moment. Um, it's, it's, I want to say it's been really nice to talk about this episode because I, I had to kind of rush my watching this this week. I didn't get a, you know, I, I processed it, but I didn't get to think about it a lot. And I don't, it wasn't until we talked it out just now that I thought about it in terms of Karapika made a big mistake. I hadn't thought of it particularly in that thing. And I think I, I thought it was a good discussion. Yeah, absolutely. So I really appreciate both of you guys on that. Like us talking this one through um, made me enjoy this episode even more. And if you enjoyed our episode, uh, join us next week or check out our uh, social media at SayTheXPod uh, on Twitter or Instagram, SayTheXPod.com to download our latest episodes. Our theme music is by Jake Cook. Uh, please check out his band Seal Pup's newest album, I Bleed Pop. And again, thank you so much for listening. See you later. Bye-bye, man.